KRK4 today. From the Victory Studios in downtown Little Rock, this is Capital View. Good Sunday morning to you and welcome to Capital View. I'm Mallory Brooks. The number of people suffering and dying from a mysterious lung disease related to e-cigarettes continues to rise. President Trump announcing his administration is working on new rules to stop the sale of flavored vaping products. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar tells Jesse Tenor they could be in place in just a few weeks. People are dying with vaping, so we're looking at it very closely. The Trump administration is taking on the e-cigarette industry after the outbreak of vaping-related illness resulting in at least six deaths. The president, alongside Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, announced he plans to ban flavored e-cigarette products. The Obama administration had allowed them to be on the market, uh, even though they technically, under law, have to come in and get FDA approval. Azar says in about two months, companies will have to remove flavored vaping products from store shelves. To get back in front of customers, they will have to apply for FDA approval. It has to be in the public health interest for us to approve it to be on the market. Getting approval may be difficult because Azar says vaping among teenagers is already at an all-time high. We're not going to let this generation become the one that flips us back to growing utilization of cigarettes. E-cigarette companies agree they should only be used by adults. But in a statement, the American Vaping Association said destroying thousands of small businesses and sending ex-smokers back to smoking will do nothing to stop drug dealers from selling contaminated THC cartridges. Secretary Azar acknowledged companies may try to block the rules with a lawsuit. If they do, they do. But what's important is we're here protecting the public health based on science evidence and acting completely in conformity with the law. In Washington, I'm Jesse Tenor. Jesse, thank you. Governor Asa Hutchinson releasing this statement this week, quote, the key is to reduce usage by our teens, and this starts with education, reducing access and proper monitoring in schools, end quote. And state lawmakers addressed this issue at a joint committee meeting on public health, welfare, and labor this past week. Joining us today, State Senator Missy Irvin, chair of that committee, Dr. Joe Thompson with the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, Dr. Sherman Whitfield with Pulaski County Special School District, and state representative. Representative Tippi McCullough. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for having Such us. an important topic that we are really diving into, taking, making an impact here in Arkansas and around the country. We're going to talk about that meeting in just a moment, but first, Dr. Thompson, I want to start with you. We've spoken to you before here on Capitol View about vaping. You say it's, it's a tough topic for communities to address at this point. Tell us why. At this point in time, in 2015, a former General Assembly restricted communities' ability to take action on vaping. It really is when the product and the technology was ahead of our policy and, and the policy was put in place to not allow communities to restrict advertising, uh, limit the exposure, or prevent uh, add taxes to vaping products. So now the total responsibility rests with our legislature and the executive branch on being able to protect our children. And you actually brought one with you to show, I, as a parent myself, I had never mm -hmm. seen one. I would think this is a USB if I saw it. This looks just like the USB port you would have your child plug into their computer to download their homework or to upload a, a, a science project. but. This pod contains as much nicotine as a whole pack of cigarettes. You plug it in, I won't smoke it, uh, but some of our kids are going through that in 20 to 30 minutes at a time. And we're going to address that with schools in just a few minutes. Let's go back to the meeting that happened this past Monday. Senator Irvin, you are the chair of that committee. What are the takeaways of this meeting and what do you feel was accomplished? 
I think the takeaways are what actions that can we take in order to sense of responsibility does lie with us in the state legislature. What are, what's our responsibility to listen to our constituents? We have so many people in the school systems and the parents out there that are highly concerned about the usage, the rapid high usage of vapes with their teens. Um, it has become an epidemic and we need to understand it fully and then we need to respond appropriately and accordingly. I'm really excited to see the Trump administration act swiftly um, to ban the flavorings because those are targeted towards children mm -hmm. and towards teens. Um, we have people as early as third graders that have um, been vaping and that wow. have been confiscated. These vapes have been confiscated from, from kids. Te these are children. So I'm really happy to see that action, but we need to follow suit in the state legislature, explore all possibilities, expanding the Clean Indoor Air Act to include vapes, talk about what needs to happen as far as keeping them out of the hands of our children, and then the taxation that needs to follow to curve the usage of it. Absolutely. Representative McCall, you are in part of that meeting. What do you hope the legislature can accomplish with this? Yeah, I, I agree with Senator Urban. All the things that she said, I think, are on the table. Um, you know, when you don't know, you don't know. But now that we know, there's a lot more research. We've seen some actual um, things happen to people being hospitalized and all of that. I think that now um, that it's, uh, we have to, we have to take some actions, and I think they're all on the table. And when we talk about this issue so much, we keep coming back to young people and how this impacts young people, since those are the statistics we're really seeing at this point that's startling to a lot of parents. Dr. Whitfield, what are you seeing in schools with vaping at this point? Well, we are seeing that um, it is a, a serious concern for us. Uh, we are seeing um, the use. Uh, I pulled the data for Pulaski County Special School District, and uh, since the start of the year, we have 20 uh, smoke-related incidents, but they are related to uh, vaping. 18 of those were specifically vaping or vaping-related paraphernalia. Uh, since the start of school. So um, I think it's a major concern for every school district and uh, we are uh, looking into just how to, um, how to deal with it. Um, we are happy that, we're happy about the attention that it has received of recent. Um, that's going to help our conversation with parents as well as with, uh, with the students within our district. And actually, uh, once uh, the information get out about this from our students, they will hold each other accountable once they understand the mm -hmm. serious nature of and the dangers that's associated with this from what we know as well as what we don't know currently. You know, looking back many, many years ago, we look back at tobacco advertising and, and advertising for cigarettes. And many years later, they realized really the health impacts of that. Dr. Thompson, would you compare this now to what happened back then? I think the playbook is very similar, if not identical. It's just technologically accelerated. Mm -hmm. It took us about 50 years. We actually had physicians advertising cigarettes paid by tobacco companies in the 50s and 60s. Surgeon General in 65. We stopped advertising to kids in 2003. We still have tobacco as a major problem in our state. Mm -hmm. This product has only been around about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And today, 44% of Arkansas high school seniors have tried an e-cigarette and 20% of 9th through 12th graders are regular users. Wow. 
And I would say, too, those are users that didn't, never picked up a pack of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a 13 or a 14 or a 15-year-old right. that's never picked up a pack of cigarettes. So you cannot tell me this is a tobacco cessation product when a 14-year-old has never smoked a cigarette before mm -hmm. but is vaping. And if you look at the advertisements from those companies, they are targeted towards children and towards teens. I mean, it looks like Taylor Swift is on the advertisement. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, it is, I'm not buying it. And the fact that these are so dangerous, the, the cartridges, the fact that you can interchange and put whatever substance in those cartridges, that's what makes it incredibly dangerous and deadly. Mm -hmm. And so parents need to understand one hit with fentanyl laced into that cartridge, and you can look at YouTube. YouTube tells you how to do it. They tell you how to get the THC out of the medical marijuana to boil it down and to inject your, it into your own cartridge. But one hit off of that um, can kill a child. We're about to go to break, but as we go, would you all, would you call this a public health crisis? Absolutely. Yes. I think it Most is. I think it's overwhelmingly an epidemic targeting our youth. You mentioned advertising. It's not only the targeting of the advertising, but it's the false claims. The FDA this week sanctioned Juul for falsely claiming that its efforts were right. harmless, better than cigarettes. Same thing that menthol cigarettes did four decades ago. We're happy to, uh, for the publicity that it has received of mm -hmm. recent. We are ecstatic about that publicity as, as far as uh, getting the message out Absolutely. to our students. It's so I'd like important. to piggyback on some of that too. You know, we lost back in, during my grandfather's time who died of lung cancer even though he quit. We lost a whole generation that started smoking when they were 13 years old. And my fear is that after all the work we've done to try to work toward education and everything about smoking and nicotine and the harmful effects of it, that we're going to lose another generation to We this. already are. Right. Mm -hmm. right. It's we an important are. topic. We're going to continue this conversation right after the break. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Capital View on a Sunday morning. View. Sunday morning talk focused on the political scene in Arkansas. Welcome back to Capital View as we continue our conversation on vaping, a hot topic here in Arkansas and really around the country. I want to talk quickly about opposition. We have seen some opposition to this. Um, some lawmakers pushing back against uh, the idea of passing legislation to address vaping, saying that it falls on the responsibility of the parents. What are your responses to that? I think without question, parents are our first line of defense, and that's why you know, I want parents to know what they're looking for. I want them to sit down. If almost one in five of our high school seniors have tried it, every parent with a child, every grandparent with a grandchild needs to sit down and have a conversation about e-cigarettes. So without question, first line of, their, of uh, uh, our battle is with education. But the policies that our legislators can pass back parents up. The best example I have is our graduated driver's license law, which told parents this is how we're going to graduate people to drive. You can't be joyriding at age 16 with four people in your car at 2 a.m. And we cut the mortality rate for teens in Arkansas by 50%. We need laws in place that back parents up and help them educate their child on what is a good healthy outcome. And, and I would say that that's probably going to change a little bit because as we go out and listen to our constituents and listen to these parents, I've had that I've had a couple of lawmakers who were pushing back that said, you know, I'm probably going to change my stance because they have gone to meetings just mm -hmm. this week where this is the number one topic that's being discussed all around the state in these different groups in these different settings. Parents are very very concerned about it. Mm -hmm. We don't allow alcohol to be sold in baby bottles. 
there's reasons for that. So there is a role for government. We don't allow car manufacturers to manufacture cars that are going to explode on people. Mm -hmm. There is a role for government, and that is we need to act appropriately. We cannot legislate parenting. No, we cannot. They are our first-line defense. However, it is our job to step in when there is a public health and a safety issue at hand. I want to talk about schools now um, because we've been touching on the importance of schools and realizing what's going on. In Northwest Arkansas, Bentonville Superintendent addressing lawmakers this week, sharing an incident that happened with a student last week. A pen, much like this one, was used, but it wasn't just the nicotine within it. It's out for testing, we still don't know. But a female shared it with three other females, and the first one to take the hit off this was unresponsive. And our nurses, thank goodness our nurses are trained in all of our hospitals, our secondary schools, to administer Narcan, had to give two shots of Narcan to get the child to be responsive, and then she was uh, transported to the hospital. You hear that sound and you're hearing stories like that. Now schools are starting to weigh in. Pulaski County Special School District, you said earlier you've had 20 incidents reported since the start of school. We're less than, I believe, a month into the start of school. Um, how can schools contribute uh, and stop this problem? Well, I think it's about, uh, it's about communication. Um, and I go back to the uh, question that you asked uh, earlier. I mean, this is a, a serious concern for everyone, mm -hmm. uh, for everyone, the school, the legislature, uh, the parents, uh, all involved. This is a serious health uh, crisis, and um, everyone is responsible, not only the schools, but we have a fair share to also mm -hmm. look at how we counteract uh, this problem, and I think educate, educating our students of the uh, seriousness and the danger uh, of vaping and, uh, and, and and again not only what we do know but also uh, from a standpoint of what we yet what we yet don't know about it that's a good point you know we did a story earlier this week in Alabama school district considering actually taking the stalls off of bathroom doors because vaping is such a problem in bathrooms um, and they still they haven't decided for sure to do that. You think now the privacy of students is at risk, but if it's that big of a problem, you know, we think back to when kids were smoking in school, but teachers would know it because you smell cigarette smoke. Dr. Thompson, you say this, you can't smell the flavored ones. Can you smell that? This is water vapor that comes out and evaporates into the air. It's odorless. It doesn't last. The, the exposure vehicle can be slipped in your pocket easily. Uh, this is a difficult enforcement issue for schools and parents alike. Uh, you know, I, I really think there is no safe reason that teens, adolescents, young adults should start doing this. Igniting anything and breathing it into your lungs is not healthy. There's no safe, harmless approach here. This should be an education about how you lead a healthy, long, and quality life. And this is the first path to what I'm afraid is going to be our next generation of smoking-related illnesses. We're almost out of time, just a few seconds left. But before we go, the Trump administration oh, with a proposed ban on flavored vaping products. Does this make a big enough impact? I mean, is this, is, does this make a big impact in the, in the grand scheme of things? I think it's a start. I mean, I absolutely think it's a huge beginning, um, but I think it's a start for us to work collaboratively with everybody in the state. Uh, this is not a partisan issue. This is us working with our schools and with our parents all across the state to figure out the right policy approach for our state and to protect the children as much as we can. 
I hope the national band holds. I would encourage our legislature to give communities back the ability to control their own environments, working with local school districts to make local solutions optimally effective. A conversation we want to continue to have. We would love to have you all back soon to talk more about vaping because it's certainly not anything that will be ending anytime soon. Thank you so much for joining us, all of you, Thank you for on this you. Sunday morning. Much. And we are back with a look at your top political headlines. You're watching Capitol View on this Sunday morning. You're watching Capitol View, Sunday morning talk focused on the political scene in Arkansas. Well, things get personal in the Democrats' third debate, and the battle between the moderates and progressives heats up in Houston as well. The top 10 Democratic presidential candidates go hard after the current president and each other. NBC's Hallie Jackson reports. A single debate in a single With night. Democratic divisions front and center, fireworks from former HUD Secretary Julian Castro and former Vice President Joe Biden. I'm fulfilling, fulfilling the legacy of Barack Obama, and you're not. I'll be surprised to him. Castro, polling in single digits, repeatedly railing against the front runner. Every time something good about Barack Obama comes up, he says, oh, I was there, I was there, I was there. And then every time somebody questions part of the administration that we were both part of, he says, well, that's that was the president. With this exchange about automatic enrollment for health care insurance, making headlines for what many viewed as a swipe at Biden's age. You just said that. You just said that two minutes ago. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. to buy in. If you qualify Are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? But it was Castro who incorrectly characterized this comment Biden had made. Anyone who can't afford it gets automatically enrolled in, a, in, in, in the Medicare type option we have. This is why come presidential on, debates on. are becoming unwatchable. Yeah, that's and called a Democratic primary election. That's called an election. That's an election. The aggressive attacks stealing the spotlight from the expected marquee matchup between Biden and his more moderate positions and Senator Elizabeth Warren and her more progressive policies, like support for Senator Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan. I know that the senator says she's for Bernie. Well, I'm for Barack. We all owe a huge debt to President Obama. The question is, how best can we improve on it? And I believe the best way we can do that is we make sure that everybody gets covered by health care at the lowest possible cost. Sanders, characteristically fiery. Under my legislation, people will not go into financial ruin because they suffered with a diagnosis of cancer. I know a lot about cancer. Let me tell you something. It's personal to me. Also looking for a breakout moment, former Congressman Beto O'Rourke making gun control central to his campaign after last month's shooting in his hometown of El Paso, Texas. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Another candidate seeking to stand out with a different strategy. Cash. Entrepreneur Andrew Yang campaigning on paying $1,000 a month to every American adult if he wins, now offering the same to selected supporters. My campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families. Someone watching this at home right now. It's original. I'll give you that. That giveaway now triggering questions about whether it violates campaign finance law. From the Democrats, a more united front on President Trump as he took the stage in Baltimore for a speech, his opponents taking their shots in Houston, attacking him 26 times during the three-hour debate. 
He reminds me of that, that guy in The Wizard of Oz, you know, when you pull back the curtain, it's a really small dude. That was Hallie Jackson reporting. President Trump took his campaign message to the skies with an aerial banner leading up to Thursday night's Democratic debate in Houston. The Trump campaign used aerial advertising all over Houston with the message, socialism will kill Houston's economy, vote Trump 2020. The campaign is also running full-page color ads in the Houston Chronicle and San Antonio Express News, contrasting with Democrats' plan for America. Republican Dan Bishop has won the special election for Congress in North Carolina's 9th District. The election was made necessary when the results of the 2018 congressional race in the district were voided due to allegations of election fraud. It appeared Bishop beat Democrat Dan McCready. McCready lost last year's race by some 900 votes against a different Republican candidate. This year's race is seen by some as a referendum on President Donald Trump. Bishop has aligned himself with the president vowing to support him. Tonight was the first step toward taking back the House of Representatives in 2020 to keep this country on a path of prosperity and strength. And lawmakers are taking a step towards impeachment proceedings against President Trump. The House Judiciary Committee voted earlier to essentially formalize an impeachment investigation, but with committee Democrats largely focused on allegations of obstruction of justice and other issues, Texas Representative Al Green lamented it doesn't go far enough. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi responded to an impeachment question at a press conference this week. I travel the entire country, come with me sometime, and you'll hear what the American people are saying. They understand that, that impeachment is a very divisive measure. But if we have to go there, we'll have to go there. But we can't go there unless we have the facts. And we will follow the facts, and we will follow the uh, obstruction that the president is making of us are getting the facts and make our decision when we're ready. That's the only question. That's all I'm going to say about this subject. And back here in Arkansas, Bryant City Councilman and local radio personality R.J. Hawk announces his campaign for the position of State Representative District 31. Current Representative Andy Davis is not running for re-election. A Camden native campaigning for a South Arkansas congressional seat, William Hansen says he's running for the Democratic Party nomination for the United States House of Representatives. The seat is currently held by Republican Representative Bruce Westerman, who is seeking re-election next year. Hansen is a retired attorney and law professor. And we are back to wrap it up after this. You're watching Capitol View on Sunday morning. You're watching Capitol View. Sunday morning talk focused on the political scene in Arkansas. And that is it for today's show. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. Don't forget you can find all episodes of Capital View on KARK.com. We're back with an all-new Capital View next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.